0: Flyers Daily with Jason All right, Here we go. Flyers Daily for Sunday, February 20th. Hope everybody's having a pretty solid weekend. Weird that we didn't have any games this weekend uh, for the Flyers. A weekend off. Rare at this time of year. Uh, But the team will be back tomorrow for matinee hockey on President's Day. The team will be back tomorrow for matinee hockey on President's Day. They'll face... Rod Brindamore's Carolina Hurricanes at 3 o'clock at Wells Fargo. We'll preview that game for you coming up tomorrow. Also, a back-to-back. They'll be back at it on Tuesday to take on Craig Berube and the St. Louis Blues. I don't recall if you have two former Flyer players, now current NHL head coaches, playing against the Flyers in successive days. But that's the case, Brindamore and Craig Berube. Game number two of the homestand will be Uh, coming up tomorrow against Carolina. Then it's going to be, like I said, St. Louis on Tuesday. Then Washington again on Saturday. Then we'll kick off the month of March with the Edmonton Oilers March 1st. Then the Minnesota Wild come to town. Chicago Blackhawks and the eight-game homestand will be wrapped up on Tuesday, March 8th, against the Vegas Golden Knights, where Jack Eichel has debuted as a Vegas Golden Knight after being traded from Buffalo earlier this season. So in this episode, I want to continue our the question that I've asked uh, several times on the podcast, what's wrong with the Flyers? It's We've gotten so many great submissions from people. Um, they're coming to me via DM on Twitter. They're open, my DMs. And if you have an, an opinion on what's wrong with the Flyers, certainly send it over to me. Uh, I will edit a little bit on one of these at least because there's a lot here. And uh, I want to get to some of the salient points that... Uh, some of our listeners have made And we're going to get to all of them I promise, it's, I know it's taking time And if you haven't heard yours yet uh, We will get to it If I have used yours, I try and respond to the people And tell them uh, that I'm going to use it And for what episode, so they can check out uh, How I respond to it as well And we're going to start with Nick Roberts At Nick321Roberts on, social, on Twitter He says, hey Jason, been a daily listener for quite some time now Enjoy the podcast It's refreshing hearing your points of views, especially living in the Toronto market where everything is either Leafs or reading the outrageous takes on the Flyers on social media, which often makes me shake my head. He said he's a fairly new Flyers fan, 27 years old, but been a fan since 2000. That's not fairly new. That's 22 years. Earliest memory is watching the Flyers eliminate the Leafs back in the 2003 playoffs, and he said, I wanted to thank you and that you do a great job. I also wanted to weigh in on what's wrong with the Flyers. So he says, Nick, some really good points here. Starts off saying, I usually don't like to be negative regarding the Flyers, usually quite optimistic, but there seems to be some big issues. He said, I honestly think that if they were able to stay healthy this year, in particular Ryan Ellis, they'd be fighting for a wild card spot or second or third in the division. But that being said, one player shouldn't be enough to sink the roster. So here's his thoughts. He said they have too many underperforming slash inconsistent players like JVR, Lindblom, Lawton, TK, Proveroff. He said, I truthfully think it's time to move on from TK, not because he's bad, but because I think a change of scenery would be good for him. And I think we need a player that is more consistent and brings different assets to the team. The question you answered last week was, Is he a first-second-line player that gets cold or a third-fourth-line player that gets hot? And he said, I thought about that question for a while while because I couldn't tell you the answer. I feel like you could involve TK in a really smart hockey trade. I like what he brings in nastiness and skill, but I think his confidence isn't there anymore. He said, I also think we have too many players that play smaller. He said, Hayes, JVR, Coots, Limblom, Lawton, Proverov Sandheim, then we have players like Drew and Atkinson who use their size to their advantage, but I think the team overall is just too easy to play against. And he doesn't mean fighting. He said it's about winning you know, puck battles and finishing checks. And we need players with higher energy that are willing to be physical to win and out muscle the opposition. So let's just kind of pause there on what he um, what he sent in. A couple of things. I totally agree with you. One player Ryan Ellis, as you pointed out, should not be enough to sink a season. While you need an entire team to win in the NHL, you can't go the opposite way. You can't say, well, we need a collective to be able to win, but one player can sink us. The collective should still be able to be some semblance of good, even without a player like Ryan Ellis or go back to Matt Niskanen a season ago. So I don't know if they'd have been fighting for a wild card or second or third in the division. It's hard to tell because there's so many injuries. You know, when you're dealing with so many centers out of the lineup, Sean Couturier being one of them, Kevin Hayes, who, when he's been in the lineup, hasn't been 100% after multiple core surgeries, which are always tough to begin with. And then you said also that there's too many underperforming, inconsistent players. You said like JVR and Lindblom. I look at Oscar and I better play this season than a year ago. I just don't know where his game can get back to. If it can get all the way back, what his body went through and everything else. But he's been better this year than he was last year, but he's still not consistently the Oscar that he was pre Uh You mentioned Lawton. I don't agree with that about Lawton. Um, Lawton is playing up right now out of necessity in the top six. But he's a guy, he's a bottom six player. And for what he gives you game in, game out in that role, I think he's fine. He's perfect. He's getting paid commensurate to that role as well. Uh, TK and Proveroff, yeah, There's there's been certainly some ups and downs. And over the last two seasons, truthfully, more downs than ups. And those are two players that the Flyers were counting on. And it's been inconsistent and kind of up and down with their development once they got to the NHL level or at least in the last couple of years I mean TK made an all-star team in the 1920 season he was the Flyers representative 24 goals that year in 69 games which is a 30 goal pace but that also ups our expectations on the player as well and he hasn't been able to deliver to those expectations that he set a couple of seasons ago since then Um, so I look I think that a hockey trade will be in order this offseason. I don't know what players will be involved, but you're talking about players when you talk about the hockey trade that have term on their contract. As far as the players that you mentioned, and they don't play, they play smaller than their stature. Kevin Hayes, big guy. JVR, pretty big boy. Sean Couturier, big guy. Limblom's a bigger body as well. Uh, Provorov, not really big, but Sandheim, certainly tall but lean. Uh, those guys, yeah, they're not... Kevin Hayes is a tough guy to get the puck off of. He protects it extremely well. Uh, same with Sean Couturier. But they're not either of those guys. None of the guys you mentioned are guys that are going to go out and blow somebody up, initiate a little bit of fear for the opposition, that when a player comes over the blue line, they got their head up because they know that guy's on the ice. They're not highly active physical players in the sense of hitting and I think that element is missing from the team you do have players like you mentioned like Giroux and Atkinson who use their size to their advantage both obviously are smaller guys both are very good at protecting the puck with great hands and great skill and you said the overall team overall is just easy to play against and I agree there's not enough nights where they are a handful to deal with in all situations and like you said we don't mean fighting we just mean a team that is relentless, that wins puck battles, that's on the right side of the puck, and is relentless on the opposition. And we just haven't seen that enough. And maybe that's roster construction as well. Um, but like you said, like Nick said on Twitter, he said, we need players with higher energy that are willing to be physical to win and out-muscle the opposition. I do agree with that. And you talked about roster construction as well. And I think roster construction is one of those things that will, that will and needs – to be looked at this offseason because, like I said before, you can have skill, but if it doesn't fit, it doesn't matter. Everything needs to fit together, and I think that that's a big element with this team that, yeah, they have some talent out there, and sometimes that talent is erratic, and it's maybe erratic not because they're not developing. Maybe it's because they don't fit, and the pieces don't complement each other. So that's something that will have to be looked at as well. Uh, Nick's also said in closing, he said, there's a lot to read here. I hope it makes sense. There's a lot of things and I think are up and coming though. He said, I think Tyson Forster is going to be a top player in this league. He said, I live in Barry, which is in Ontario. And he seems to have that similar swagger about his game. Like Brian little or Mike Mark Shifley had, he has the potential anyway. Thank you, Jason. Well, thank you, Nick. That's a great tweet. Uh, great DM rather, you know, I agree about Tyson Forster. It needs to stay healthy, obviously. Um, had a real good year in the AHL as an underage player that normally wouldn't even be playing there, that would be playing in the Ontario Hockey League in junior, had a good year last year, and he's got a skill set that is bonafide, that's for sure NHL caliber. That's that shot. That's an asset of his. That shot is an absolute bomb. And the way you can tell it's a bomb, look, everybody when they shoot it at the pro level looks like it's a hard shot. But when you see Tyson Forster shoot and he scores, very often the goalie is reacting way late. Why is that? Because it just gets by him too quick. And that shows you. That's like the proof in the pudding that the shot is absolutely a rocket and it's heavy. And that's what Tyson Forster has. So hopefully you're right. And uh, hopefully Tyson Forster can get healthy and we can start to see him on the ice once again. All right, let's get to another one. This one comes from Josh White. It's Josh... W-H-I, and then a bunch of numbers. He says, uh, hey, Jason, thanks for continuing the podcast daily and keeping somewhat of a positive attitude through this difficult season. Not sure if you're a Sixers fan, but what the Flyers are going through this season is an exact replica of the mid to late 2010s Sixers team. He said they went 10-72 and 72 in the 15-16 season, being by far the worst team in the NBA. And the Flyers aren't the worst team in the NHL, and I don't believe are near Arizona or Montreal, but they have something in common with that 10-72 and Sixers team. He said they can't finish games. You have certainly talked about this a number of times, and it's evident they can't close games. So I believe the Flyers need to do what the Sixers did, and that's go find a star. You've talked about high-end talent, and that is kind of what I'm talking about. But they need a superstar. Of course, that's not an easy thing to just get, but when it comes down to the last three minutes of a game, there's no player that wants the puck and wants to finish the game strong or a vocal leader that encourages the guys to finish out strong. At least that's what it looks like to me. He said Joel Embiid is exactly that guy for the Sixers, and they have now figured it out these last few seasons. And I don't want to directly compare hockey to basketball because they are completely different sports, but there is that similarity in there that needs needs to be a guy to take over the game. Let me know your thoughts on this. And how the Flyers should go at this idea of acquiring high end talent. Thanks and have a good night. Okay. This is very interesting to me. And while I, I don't agree that they're alike, and the 10 and 72 Sixer season, they tanked. They f- fielded a substandard, subpar trash roster for four straight seasons on purpose. On purpose. And while I love Embiid, and he's a great player, tremendous talent, where has it gotten them? Now, if they get out of the second round this year, it'll be the first time. They have three second-round exits and a first-round exit. It hasn't gotten them anywhere. So, again, I don't believe in losing on purpose. I don't believe in fielding a team from four years and lose on purpose in sport. I think it spits in the face of competition and integrity to the sport to do what the Sixers did. I'm an anti-process guy. Because again, like all the teams in the NHL that tore it down to the, the, the studs and got all these first-round picks, where are the ones that are having success? You need a team to win. Even in the NBA, where it's paramount, you need a team to win. The Sixers haven't had a team. They had all these first-round picks at the top of the draft after purposely losing Nerlens Noel, Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz. It goes on and on and on. Jaleel Okafor, none of them worked. Some of those guys aren't even in the league. Now, the NHL guys that were taken at the top of the draft, most of them are in the league. Well, Connor McDavid, have great individual player. Leon Draisaitl, great player. Austin Matthews, great player. Those teams haven't gotten out of the first round of the playoffs. So I disagree. Yeah, you need high-end talent, but in the NHL, you don't have to draft first overall to get it. Look where Kel McCarr was drafted. He was drafted fourth in the NHL. Look where Miro Heiskanen was drafted, third. I'm going to the same draft, the Nolan Patrick draft. Even Elias Pettersson in that draft, fifth. Look where Nikita Kucherov was drafted. I had a guy on Twitter tell me that they needed to do what Tampa did and tank. Tampa didn't tank. Yeah, they got, in the 08 draft, they got Steven Stamkos number one and Hedman number two. But that team didn't start winning until they got other guys and drafted well that weren't at the top of the draft. They picked Andre Vasilevsky, best goaltender in the world, the 19th pick in the draft. They picked Nikita Kucherov, 58th overall. They picked Braden Point, 79th overall. That's high-end talent that you don't need to get at the top of the draft. Claude Giroux's been a high-end talent player for 14 years in the NHL. 14 years, drafted 22nd overall. So while I I agree with your premise that they need need high-end talent, I don't agree that they're in any way, shape, or form comparable to the Sixers. I just don't believe that. Yeah, they need a high-end talent guy, but what the Sixers did, I think, was wrong. Now they have James Harden. Can they win? We'll see. I hope so, but I certainly can't take that tactic in the NHL. It doesn't work. All right, everybody, that's another edition of Flyers Daily. We'll give you a a preview of Flyers Carolina coming up tomorrow on a brand new episode. Also, Bill Meltzer will join us. Everybody, have a great Sunday. We'll talk to you on tomorrow's Flyers Daily.